0: 1 Kings chapter 1 verse 1 Now King David was old and stricken in years and they covered him with clothes but he could get no heat David in his old age he was cold all the time so he was probably really skinny too and they put layers of clothes on him but he was still cold 2. Wherefore his servants said unto him, Let there be sought for my lord the king, a young virgin, and let her stand before the king, and be a companion unto him, and let her lie in thy bosom, that my lord the king may get heat. King David has wives, but they're old too, probably. He has concubines, but he's not interested in sex at all. He's too old. So they're saying, let him have a brand new virgin, and she'll be his nursemaid, and take care of him, and she'll also lay naked with him in bed just to keep him warm. Because who else would want to lie naked in bed with an old man except a servant girl who's told to? 3. So they sought for a fair damsel throughout all the borders of Israel and found Abishag, the Shunammite, and brought her to the king. The Shunammites had black people in their tribe. There have been black Israelites for a really long time in history. You might say, well, how can there be black Israelites? Well, the same way there can be Chinese Israelites, because it doesn't matter who your mother is in the Bible. It only matters who your father is to make you an Israelite. If a white male Israelite marries a black African woman, all of their children will be full blood Israelites, not half. They'll be full blood because in God's law, the genealogy of the mother is irrelevant. And that's why Israelites today come from every single nation. And they're all over the world. And a lot of people are Israelites and don't even know it. 4. And the damsel was very fair, and she became a companion unto the king and ministered to him, but the king knew her not. That means that he didn't have sex with her. He was just too old. So she remained a virgin while she worked for the king as his companion. So she's not quite a concubine, because you aren't a concubine until you've slept with a king, and she never has slept with a king. 5. Now Adonijah, the son of Haggith, exalted himself, saying, I will be king. And he prepared him chariots and horsemen and fifty men to run before him. He's really arrogant to have chariots and horsemen. Also to think that he could usurp the throne of his father. Adonijah is the son of one of David's wives. He is the son of Haggith. He's a prince and he's a courtier in his father's court, but he has no right to be king. So this is the second son of King David who tried to usurp his throne. Absalom had already tried to usurp his throne and now Adonijah is going to try. 6. And his father had not grieved him all his life in saying, Why hast thou done so? And he was also a very goodly man, and he was born after Absalom. Because King David was a good man, he never confronted Adonijah and said, Why are you prancing around in chariots with fifty men running before you? Most fathers would have rebuked their son for pretending that he was king, but David didn't rebuke Adonijah. 7. And he conferred with Joab the son of Zeruiah and with Abiathar the priest, and they following Adonijah helped him. Joab and Zeruiah, who previously were behind David, are now going to betray David and help his son Adonijah become king. They probably think they're doing the right thing because David is weak and old and can't see or anything, but they're not helping the king or the kingdom or God because they have never asked God who the next king should be. That was their big mistake. When you and I make big mistakes, this is the same reason why. Because we don't ask God, we think for ourselves and try to figure it out on our own. And that is the reason that we've made all the mistakes that we've made in our lives. And here, Joab and Zeruiah, it never occurred to them to go consult the Lord. They just decided that Adonijah would be a great king. Seven, but Zaduk, the priest and Benaiah the son of Jehoiada and Nathan the prophet and Shimmai and Rai and the mighty men that belonged to David were not with Adonijah. The righteous men who didn't try to make a decision on their own are Zaduk the priest, Nathan the prophet, Benaiah the warrior, and Shimmai and Rai. And I believe those are also fighters of David. Now I had said in a previous chapter that I thought Nathan was dead. Well, I was wrong. He isn't dead. He's just old, like David. 9. And Adonijah slew sheep and oxen and fatlings by the stone of Zoaleth, which is beside Anerogel. And he called all his brethren the king's sons, and all the men of Judah the king's servants. 10. But Nathan the prophet and Benaiah the mighty men, and Solomon his brother he called not. He wants his brothers to get behind him, but he knows that the kingdom has already been promised to Solomon, so he's ignoring Solomon and leaving Solomon out of the loop. 11. Then Nathan spoke unto Bathsheba the mother of Solomon, saying, Hast thou not heard that Adonijah the son of Haggith doth reign, and David our lord knoweth it not? This is like a secret reign of Adonijah. He has usurped the throne, in my mind he really hasn't, because he hasn't been officially pronounced king, and he hasn't been anointed or anything. But I think Nathan was exaggerating to Bathsheba to get her really concerned so that she would be willing to go to the king and protest, because it's her son, Solomon, who was supposed to be king. 12 Now therefore, come, let me, I pray thee, give thee counsel, that thou mayest save thine own life and the life of thy son Solomon. And this is true because in order to become king, Adonijah would have to kill Solomon, which means he would also kill Solomon's mother. 13. Go and get thee in unto King David, and say unto him, Didst not thou, my lord, O king, swear unto thy handmaid, saying, Assuredly Solomon thy son shall reign after me, and shall sit upon thy throne? Why then doth Adonijah reign? I still think it's kind of an exaggeration to say that Adonijah is reigning, because a lot of people don't even know that he's pretending to be king. 14. Behold, while thou yet talkest there with the king, I also will come in after thee and confirm thy words. Nathan has a good plan. As prophet, he says, I want you, the mother, to confront King David and tell him what's going on. And then while you're talking, I will come in and be a second witness. Because the Bible says, from the mouth of two or more witnesses, a thing will be established. David won't know if he can believe Bathsheba unless Nathan, the second witness, confirms it. 15. And Bathsheba went in unto the king, into the chamber. Now the king was very old, and Abishag, the Shunammite, ministered unto the king. Meaning that Abishag was there, she was present, because she was taking care of the king. So she heard this whole conversation. 16. And Bathsheba bowed and prostrated herself unto the king. And the king said, What wouldst thou? Meaning, what do you want? Isn't this nice that both Abishag and Bathsheba are being humble toward the king and toward each other? Abishag is not pretending that she's the king's wife even though she's his closest companion at the moment. She isn't putting on airs as if she's better than Bathsheba and Bathsheba isn't pretending that she's closest to the king even though she is the king's wife and it's her son who was promised the throne. Bathsheba is bowing before the king and not being haughty or proud at all toward Abishag. She recognizes that Abishag is a faithful servant just as she is. And Abishag recognizes that she's nobody's wife. She's only a servant. So I like that the two women are both being very humble. 17. And she said unto him, My lord, thou didst swear by the Lord thy God unto thy handmaid, assuredly Solomon thy son shall reign after me, and he shall sit upon thy throne. 18. And now, behold, Adonijah reigneth, and thou, my lord, the king knowest it not. 19. And he hath slain oxen and fatlings and sheep in abundance. That's why he was making the offering, was to thank God that he was king. But God never made him king, so God wouldn't have accepted this offering. And this offering is also to show the people that he's king. However, he's never been named king. And hath called all the sons of the king and Abiathar the priest and Joab the captain of the host. But Solomon thy servant hath he not called. They've left Solomon out of the loop deliberately. And she's also told David that Joab and Abiathar have betrayed David. 20. And thou, my lord the king, the eyes of all Israel are upon thee, that thou shouldst tell them who shall sit on the throne of my lord the king after him. 21. Otherwise it will come to pass, when my lord the king shall sleep with his fathers, that I and my son Solomon shall be counted offenders. She's saying, if you don't tell people now while you're alive that Solomon is king, when you die, then Solomon and I will be killed, because Adonijah won't want us to counter him. 22. And lo, while she yet talked with the king, Nathan the prophet came in. 23. And they told the king, saying, Behold, Nathan the prophet. And when he was come in before the king, he bowed down before the king with his face to the ground. 24. And Nathan said, My lord, O king, hast thou said, Adonijah shall reign after me, and he shall sit upon thy throne? Nathan knows the answer to this question, but he's asking to point out to King David what's going on. 25. For he has gone down this day, and hath slain oxen and fatlings, and sheep in abundance, and hath called all the king's sons, and the captain of the host, and Abiathar the priest. And behold, they eat and drink before him, and say, Long live king Adonijah. They're already having that celebratory party, and no one told king David or Solomon. 26. But even me thy servant, and Zaduk the priest, and Benaiah the son of Jehoiada, and thy servant Solomon hath he not called. Now Nathan has told King David that his loyal servants are him, Nathan, Zadok, Benaiah, and Solomon. 27. Is this thing done by my lord the king, and thou hast not declared unto thy servant, who should sit on the throne of my lord the king after him? 28. Then King David answered and said, Call me Bathsheba. I guess they had her leave the room so that Nathan could talk to the king, and she was out in the hallway. And she came into the king's presence and stood before the king. 29. And the king swore and said, As the Lord liveth, who hath the redeemed my soul out of all adversity? 30. Verily verily means truly, as I swore unto thee by the Lord, the God of Israel, saying, Assuredly, Solomon thy son shall reign after me, and he shall sit upon my throne in my stead. Verily, so will I do this day. King David is saying, I promised you that Solomon would be king, and he is going to be king today. That way there won't be any dispute. Everybody will know who the real king is. 31. Then Bathsheba bowed with her face to the earth and prostrated herself to the king and said, Let my lord, King David, live forever. 32. And King David said, Call me Zaduk the priest and Nathan the prophet and Beniah the son of Jehoiada. And they came before the king. 33. And the king said unto them, Take with you the servants of your lord and cause Solomon my son to ride upon mine own mule and bring him down to Gihon female mule in the Hebrew, so King David did ride a mule and did give mules to his sons, which is why Absalom was riding on a mule. According to God's law, though, you're not supposed to have mules, so I still think that this is kind of a sin. Anyway, apparently King David did that. 34 And let Zaduk the priest and Nathan the prophet anoint him there king over Israel, and blow ye with a horn, and say, Long live King Solomon. If they blow the horn and anoint him and set him on the very king's mule, then all of Israel will know that the true king is King Solomon, not Adonijah. Because everything Adonijah has done, he's done for himself. He made an offering, he threw a feast, but nobody anointed him and nobody blew a horn over him. 35 Then ye shall come up after him, and he shall come and sit upon my throne, for he shall be king in my stead." And I have appointed him to be prince over Israel and over Judah. David is abdicating. Abdication is when you give the crown to somebody else during your lifetime. But if you die and then the crown passes to the next person, that is not abdication. David intended on dying first, and then the crown would go to Solomon. But since Adonijah has tried to usurp the crown, now David has to abdicate so that all of Israel will know that Solomon is supposed to be king. This is okay because King David is so weak that it's probably a good idea for him to abdicate anyhow, so it's not a loss for anyone. And this way he's assured that the correct son becomes king. 36. And Beniah the son of Jehoiada answered the king and said, Amen, so say the Lord, the God of my lord the king. 37. As the Lord hath been with my lord the king, even so be he with Solomon, and make his throne greater than the throne of my lord the king. Beniah the warrior is blessing Solomon is saying, May his throne be even greater than his father's was. And this is an appropriate thing to say. Now that David has abdicated, it is not an insult to David, and it is a blessing on both of them. 38. So Zeduk the priest, and Nathan the prophet, and Beniah the son of Jehoiada, and the Cherethites and the Pelethites went down. The Cherethites and the Pelethites are the secret service and the elite forces, and caused Solomon to ride upon King David's mule and brought him to Gihon. 39 And Zadok the priest took the horn of oil out of the tent, and anointed Solomon. And they blew the ram's horn, and all the people said, Long live King Solomon. If he took the oil out of the tent, I'm assuming that was the tabernacle. And I'm assuming that the tabernacle must have been in Gihon at that point. And so that's why they went there, because you would anoint a king in the presence of the Lord, which means at the tabernacle. This way all of Israel knows this is the real king. 40. And all the people came up after him, and the people piped with pipes, and rejoiced with great joy, so that the earth rent with the sound of them. Meaning, they caused a small earthquake with all of their merrymaking. And the pipes are musical instruments. 41. And Adonijah and all the guests that were with him heard it as they had made an end of eating. And when Joab heard the sound of the horn, he said, Wherefore is this noise of the city being in an uproar? So Adonijah's party is worried now because they hear something big is going on and they didn't know what it was. 42 While well, he yet spoke, behold, Jonathan the son of Abiathar the priest came, and Adonijah said, Come in, for thou art a worthy man, and bring us good tidings. Abiathar is the priest who betrayed David, and his son is coming in to tell everybody what's happening. 43 And Jonathan answered and said to Adonijah, Verily our Lord King David hath made Solomon king. 44 And the king hath sent with him Zaduk the priest, and Nathan the prophet, and Benaiah the son of Jehoiada, and the Cherethites, and the Pelethites, and they have caused him to ride upon the king's mule. 45 And Zaduk the priest and Nathan the prophet have anointed him king in Gihon, and they are come up from thence rejoicing, so that the city is in an uproar. This is the noise that ye have heard. 46 And also Solomon sitteth on the throne of the kingdom. Now Adonijah's company has heard all the bad news, and this means that all of them are traitors, all of them deserve the death penalty, and Solomon can have all of them killed now. 47 And moreover the king's servants came to bless our lord King David, saying, God make the throne of Solomon better than thy name, and make his throne greater than thy throne. And the king bowed down upon the bed. 48 And also thus said the king, Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, who hath given one to sit on my throne this day, mine eyes even seeing it. All of this conversation between David and all these people happened while he was in bed. He couldn't get up, he was just too old and too tired and too cold. So he actually bowed his head down while he was sitting in the bed and blessed the Lord for making Solomon king. 49. And all the guests of Adonijah were afraid and rose up and went every man his way. They have good reason to be afraid, because now they're officially traitors. Everybody who went to Adonijah's party is a traitor. This includes his brothers, probably. 50. And Adonijah feared because of Solomon, and he arose and went and caught hold on the horns of the altar. The altar is... A place where you cannot be killed because it would defile the altar if a human is killed there. Because the altar is only for animal sacrifices. Only innocent blood is allowed to be poured on the altar. And no human has innocent blood, except Jesus when he came to earth. But all the rest of us have sinned. See, animals cannot sin, and that's why animals are innocent, because they don't know right from wrong. But because you and I know right from wrong, and we've all done wrong, our blood isn't innocent. Only the blood of Jesus Christ was innocent to fall on the altar, but none of our blood. And that's why whenever somebody was afraid of being killed, they would run to the altar and grab on the horns. There's a horn on each of the four corners of the altar. So they would grab the horns so that nobody could pull them off of the altar. Because you can't kill them until you pull them off the altar. Because if you kill them on the altar, you've defiled the altar. That's why the altar was a safe zone. 51 And it was told Solomon, saying, Behold, Adonijah feareth King Solomon, for lo, he hath laid hold on the horns of the altar, saying, Let King Solomon swear unto me first of all that he will not slay his servant with a sword. Adonijah is holding on to the altar and he is willing to hold it on for days and maybe weeks until Solomon promises not to kill him. He's saying, I am not going to let go of this altar unless I get my promise. 52. And Solomon said, If he shall show himself a worthy man, there shall not a hair of him fall to the earth, but if wickedness be found in him, he shall die. This is fair on Solomon's part. He's saying, I won't kill him now at this point, but if he betrays me from this point on, then I will kill him. 53. So King Solomon sent, and they brought him down from the altar, and he came and prostrated himself before King Solomon, meaning that he laid down on his face, and Solomon said unto him, Go to thy house. Solomon is saying, You're on a clean slate at this point. I'm not going to kill you for what you already did, but if you make any other move against me, then I'll kill you. And that concludes First Kings chapter 1.